Welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast, an audio experience where we don't just talk about it, we live it. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Young Wild Financially Free Podcast. I am one of your two hosts, Mr. Andrew Roberts, and today, Missing in Action, is my PIC, my partner in crime, Matt Teifke. And I did that for a reason, because today's episode is all about Matt. He was interviewed on a great podcast called the Firestarter Podcast, which is uh, a streamlined funding podcast where entrepreneurs share their stories, passions, and formulas that fuel their success. It's hosted by one of our good friends, Mr. Romney Navarro, and he is just such a sweet dude, and he's got a smooth, silky voice that you can't help but love him. But they asked Matt to be on their podcast and interview him about his entrepreneurial spirit and his story. So they go back to Matt's childhood, talk about where he came from, a lot of the struggles that he went through, and a lot of the successes that he had that kind of led him to where he is today with our company, Tree Homes. And... If you guys haven't heard some of Matt's story on our podcast before, this is a good one. I even learned some new stuff and really enjoyed this episode. So thank you to the guys at Streamline Funding and the Firestarters podcast. That is a great podcast, guys. I'm going to include all their information in the show notes below. Please check it out. They've got a sick intro. Like I said, Romney's just the hostess with the mostest. So please go subscribe to their channel. And while you're doing that, if you haven't subscribed to ours, please do. And share it with your friends. And really, we just want to hear your feedback. So if you guys want to leave us some reviews, your feedback means the absolute world to us because you're the whole reason why we're doing this. And so we want to make sure that you guys are happy and you guys are loving what we're what we're bringing to the table. So without further ado, here's our good friend, Mr. Romney Navarro, and my best friend, Mr. Matt Typke. I got somebody in the in the studio with me that I just met, which is kind of weird. Like we were talking about, I've actually got history with all of our guests, but we become kind of quick friends. And um, as it turns out, we're literally like a pitching wedge away from each other. Our offices are. So Matt Teifke, um, Tree Homes. Yeah. Uh, welcome, brother. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, pleasure to be here. So we met about a week and a half ago. But leading up to that week and a half ago, I've been told about you by one of our guys here in the office, Aiden Mosier. I, I loosely remember the story that you guys told me about how you guys know each other. But he told me something before uh, or after you and I met. And he said, dude, this is one of those guys He's going to be one of those guys in Austin in the next two years, five years, ten years that is going to be a handful of people that get the best deals in town. I don't know why he said that. Um, I certainly I got some really good energy and vibes from you when he said that or before he said that. Mm-hmm. But uh, he said, yeah, he's going to be one of those guys, those top three, four multifamily guys in the city at some point. Um, he need you know he needs to hit a couple of of yeah. You know, I don't know. I yeah, got to yeah. get a couple of hits in. Yeah. But he thinks you're going to be that guy here soon. So wow. those are, that's, a, that's a lot to say. Yeah, man. That's that's really cool to hear. So, uh, you know, even, even me, I, I work super hard and it's not like, you know, anything's ever guaranteed. So it, it's really cool to hear that from somebody else. Yeah. Kind of big shoes to fill. Yeah, absolutely. Damn. Yeah. No pressure, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Tune into this dude in 10 years. See, yeah. If you, if you know this guy in 10 years, you're probably getting some deals. So, um, Matt, before we get too too far down kind of the road with, you know, who you are, what you are, what you're up to, I, you also got a podcast. Yep. A, a fellow podcaster. Plug oh, it. It's so cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, Appreciate it's that. so cool, man, because it this takes a little bit of, takes some time commitment without question, a little bit of courage to kind of just get out there and just 
talk. Right. So um, tell us about that podcast. Yeah, so we started it uh, just because we ourselves, uh, so my co-host Andrew and I, uh, we really enjoyed listening to podcasts ourselves, and we just found a lot of value. I noticed that I wouldn't listen to the radio at all anymore, Ever. and I was just doing real estate or Joe Rogan to you know have like some leisure time, and we loved it. And um, we just kind of believed that if we kind of stuck to it and were consistent that we could build our own little following and that we had something to say. And now we're about a year into it. And like you said, just being consistent and we're loving it, man. It's, yep. it's really fun. The tribe's coming along. Yeah, absolutely. We're starting to have people reach out from all over the country, which is crazy. Like guy emailing us from Boston or Virginia and j just want to talk real estate. Like there's really nothing for us to get out of it other sure. than just talking real estate with people. What's the name of the podcast and where can people find it? Yeah, it's it's called Young, Wild, Financially Free. It's pretty much on all the major all platforms, the platforms, Anchor, uh, iTunes, okay. Overcast. Yeah. Cool. You going you gonna to tune in? Absolutely. I am. Cool. Yeah. I, absolutely I always am. like checking out what other people are doing absolutely. with their podcasts. Uh, you know, we, we have uh, a sister podcast that's also a radio show sure. as well and uh, i always like to plug that when i get a chance but there you go. Uh, i like to hear what other folks are doing in the industry and kind of hear you know what their sound is like and how they approach it too so well let me tell you this man we like sean said we do have this sister kind of podcast it's called the noble capital radio hour it's it's on terrestrial radio mm -hmm. it's actually where i cut my teeth doing this stuff and it was fun but i was a little bit out of my element in talking about those things that I didn't, I wasn't the expert on. I'm definitely out of my element. Oh, absolutely <laughs> out of yours. I, I host the show, but I'm really just there to moderate the conversation. I'm not the expert. It's it's more wealth management and income planning focused. Right. Yeah, which... and listen, in in some ways, it's very interesting. In fact, I would even go as far as saying it's fascinating. And mm -hmm. I think that's what keeps kind of this show kind of going for me. There's some cool stuff that comes out of it. Right. But what we were doing on that show was very border I wouldn't call it a little bit of you know sprinkle in a little education and maybe sprinkle in a little bit of um I mean it's heavy education man right. I, I was gonna say little salesmanship but it wasn't really that it's it's just like telling people about these things right and while great it just kind of got a little repetitive for me and I realized that that's not where I make a living in wealth management I make a living writing loans right so I'm here talking real estate with guys like you because you know that's my my circle my ecosystem right over there I wasn't and uh, we jumped right into it on this podcast and we just started talking about just business right so I've had a you know I've got a guy uh, Andy Williams veterans by America that was his thing Daniel Francis helping you know the realtor become an investor and vice versa Steve Lang finding all the best deals in Dallas so on and so forth. People doing really cool things. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't mention any of these guys, it's just because there's so much content now. Right. But it's cool and, and fascinating content coming from our guest. Whereas on the radio hour, the Noble Capital Radio Hour, it was mm -hmm. just us kind of pitching. So I am, frankly, fascinated by what you've done, kind of how you got into the business and all of that. So maybe maybe today we take a deep dive into that. But you know, before we go all the way there, like where you're at today, tell us a little bit about yourself, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I grew up here in Round Rock. I was born in Cleveland, but moved here when I was three years old. And uh, grew up single mom, raised my brother and I, and uh, she ended up buying properties. And that's kind of what got me interested in real estate. Uh, other than that, I, I grew up playing sports. I played baseball my whole life. Uh, so me and my brother were super competitive, uh, you know, thousands of stories of Gambling on uh, Mario Kart or baseball <laughs> and fighting and my mom coming home and holes in the walls, all kinds of stuff like that. Oh, Lord. 
Um, and he's actually a, a recon Marine now, so I don't mess with him anymore. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, he kind of went to the next level. Um, but he took the path of going military, and, and I just kind of gravitated towards entrepreneurship and business. Somewhat feel like it's in my blood. My grandpa owned a bowling alley up in Ohio for 30 years, and my uncle started an asphalt paving company here, which all my family worked for. Um, so I always kind of gravitated towards one day having my own thing. Uh, and all through high school, I worked random jobs. Uh, I worked at Wingstop, probably because I love chicken wings so much. <laughs> and I'd bring home you wings. You and me both. Yeah, man. I'd bring <laughs> I'm home. I'm going to get a job there. Yeah. <laughs> I would bring home wings every night, go take them to my friends, uh, did Bush's Chicken, all those kind of jobs. Uh, I worked at the asphalt company. And for me personally, I really hated uh, looking at a clock. That was yep. really what it came down to. I didn't even want to go to college. Uh, I wanted to get my real estate license and just start in the business here because I saw what my mom was able to, to do as a single mom. Um, and then I just, my mom said, hey, if you, I, I was blessed. She paid for my college. She said, amen. Yeah, man. That, Woo. That's a blessing. If, if I had to do student loans, I don't think I would have done it, but I'm not sure. To, amen to her though. Right. I mean, straight yeah. up, give that to your kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That's a big blessing. So she said, uh, that's fine, but I'm cutting you off. Yeah. So I said, well, okay, well I will go to college. And then I ended up getting my real estate license my sophomore year, um, and just totally, ever since then, that's the only thing I've really focused on. Um, all kinds of stories, man. I, I remember taking 18 hours in school, trying to get through, and also working full-time as a realtor. And I hit this point uh, where I was super stressed out. Um, there was a, I'll go into this deal if you want to hear it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, so it was, my, it was like my third or fourth real estate deal, single-family house. And the guy had uh, $2,500 earnest money put up, right? And... There's certain time frames in that contract where if you can't get the deal done, you lose that earnest money. And me as a new agent, I didn't really realize all this stuff. But he ended up he ended up not being able to get the loan. And because of that, his earnest money was gone. And the fact that he couldn't get the loan wasn't really my fault. It was it was the lender told him he could get a loan. Sure. But he's calling me saying, Hey, I need this twenty five hundred dollars. I'm gonna sue you. I'm panicking. And how uh, old were you at this time? I was seventeen. Goodness yeah. gracious. Yeah, I'm panicking, man. And my broker, uh, great guy, but he just he wasn't there to help me out. Like I was trying to, you know, say, hey, what do I do? And he's like, Well, you you kind of just on your own. So I ended up writing him a twenty five hundred dollar check. Um, I had three thousand dollars in my bank account. And I'm like, Man. So so that happened and then I'm taking these hours, I'm working, and I hit this freaking stress overload where I, I couldn't move. Like I was stuck in my bed. Fever, 103, whatever. I'm fucking shaking. It was rough. And uh, I just powered through it, man. I mean, I, I went to the hospital. Um, they were like, you know, nothing really that we see wrong with you. But it was just a straight-up overload. And that was, that was probably four months in. And that's kind of how it started. And I've been doing it for eight years since then. Wow. Uh, and I ended up selling this guy a house later and made that money. Um, but... I didn't need to write that check. I, I've learned that as I've, I've gotten older, but I still, I feel like it was the right thing to do. And, and that's how I do like to do business. Um, so I think it kind of comes back to you. Dude, that's an interesting foundation to lay at such an early age though. Like yeah. you're, you're, oof, you didn't have to write that check at all. Right. There was probably no expectation of anybody. That guy wanted it from somewhere. Right. The universe is what he was looking for. It wasn't from you. Right. That's a, that's insane, man. I, I've um I've had some real estate obstacles, but I can't say I've ever just 
falling paralyzed for a day. That's that's an early <laughs> age to get there, bro. Yeah, yeah, it was. And and I heard the term "I'm suing you." I didn't know what the, I didn't. I've never heard someone tell me that, so I just panicked. Of yeah. course, just wrote him the check. Yeah, well, I I'll remember the very first time. I mean, everybody's gotten. If you've been in the industry long enough, you've you've there's been some legal battles back and forth here and there. Uh, and I can't say I've ever been personally sued per se, but I've been named in a lot of things. Right. And I remember the first one myself. It, I was I was a little older. I was like 27. Just had a baby, my first kid. So now I've got this new family. This thing kind of happening. Everything's good. And boom, I got named in a lawsuit. It's like. What am I going to do here? So long story short, the dude that named everybody in the lawsuit kind of just threw everybody under the bus. He was a um, very wealthy man here in town in Austin. And he was running, you know, kind of a little did I know. I gave him a loan for about $2 million. Mm-hmm. He was using other people's money and kind of running a little bit of a Ponzi scheme. And, right. and I didn't know him. Kind of a young underwriter at that, you know, writing bigger loans at that time in my career. Anyway, I got up on um, – I had to testify. Wow. In front of a federal grand jury. Yeah. Wow. So I I felt some of what you felt. Yeah. But mine was more panicky. Like, like what? what did I do something wrong? Right. It'll definitely put some hair on your chest for sure. <laughs> hey, you're not kidding. When I got up and I did the whole, you know, raise your right hand thing. Yeah. And there was, you know, a jury over here, a judge to my right, I guess. And the dude, I guess he's the defendant at this point. But he's guilty as sin. Yeah. You know, and I kind of knew that now. Now it's like I'm, I'm starting to figure it out. Guilty as sin. I met him. He probably weighed 200 pounds. He was in court. He probably weighed a buck 40. Wow. wow. It was one of those. So imagine what the, you know, what he's going through. And, you know, he, he did some, some bad things. Anyway, they asked me the first question. And I think my response was something along these lines. And I didn't do anything wrong. I gave the guy a loan. He gave me this this, um, bank statement. It was an E-Trade investment account statement with $8 million. I was like, this guy's good. Wow. It wasn't his money. So anyway, he got in a little bit of trouble. But I feel your pain. Dude. Yeah, and and part I want to kind of clarify on that is I, I didn't just write the money just because I wanted to avoid the lawsuit. I personally saw what I could have done to keep that from happening, which would have been to extend the financing contingency on the third party authorization um, or on the financing contingency form. And uh, I didn't know it though. I didn't. Nobody taught me that. So I looked at it and said, "Well, I sh- I could have known this, mm-hmm. and I should have done this differently. So if I would have done that, I could have avoided this. So here you go." That's a perfect example of when you, you start out on a new venture, sometimes you just have to dive in and get messy right. and learn as you go, you know, and it can be good and bad. So, we, you know, Matt's a little younger than Sean and I, so we're, we're having an interesting conversation, but I had a, an older dude tell me something the other day that was pretty interesting and older than me. And he told me, he says, uh, ah, we'll chalk that one up as a le- to a lesson, lesson learned. I was like, yeah, I guess so. He goes, you know what I've learned over the years? Every time I learned a lesson, it cost me a lot of money. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it came back full circle. You got the kind of boomerang effect. Every Everything's good. But uh, those those uh, lessons cost money sometimes. Yeah, it's, and they're good, though, because yep. now that's never going to happen to me. And that and that yep. probably could happen to a lot of people moving forward. But it's a good lesson to learn to know how to protect, which is the biggest investment they're putting up at the time, which is yep. that earnest money. Yeah, well, hopefully somebody listening to this podcast just learned as well that lesson, and they won't have to face it either. So right. yeah, hope, that's what we're so. here for. Yeah. 
So what do you, what, what happened after that, man? You've, you've obviously since grown into some, some pretty special things. Yeah. So, so going through their school. So, uh, the 18 hours was after I, I heard about this program in college station. It's a master's of real estate degree. Uh, so when I first got my license, I, I didn't care about school. I was going to class and I was wearing a suit and tie, man. To class? Yeah, as a realtor, which nobody does that. Come on. <laughs> right? But I was like, well, I'm being all professional. I had window decals on my truck. I uh, started a little Twitter account. I was the T-A-M-U-C-C realtor. I was like, had the sticker on my car. We'll represent you, help you find a property to lease. Love it. Uh, so all the students were working with me. And then my grades started dropping. And I didn't really care, but I heard about this real estate program in College Station, and I started reading about it, and you had to have, like, a pretty high GPA. And so then I started focusing on school again to while get doing in. real estate. So that's when I had the 18 hours and the real estate, stress overload, all that. But I, I graduated, and I moved back to Round Rock. I went and worked for a company called Don Quick & Associates. Sure. And Hitters. Um, I was really lucky. I was there for about six months, but – Don himself actually sat down with me every morning for an hour, and we just talked real estate, and uh, that was a big blessing. Yeah, that's a big deal. He's he knows a lot, and uh, I got accepted into this real estate program at AM and I kind of had this debate: should I stay where I'm at? I got a really good job, really good situation, or should I go to school? And Don and his son Darren were like, "Absolutely, you, you have to go to that program." Uh, so I went there in College Station for a year and a half. And it's called Masters of Real Estate, 100% focused on real estate. We had a law class taught by an attorney. We had an appraisal class taught by an appraiser. Um, very financial-based. We did worked on Excel models. But it was amazing. And, and I was lucky, very lucky, to have come into that program with real estate experience. Mm-hmm. Most of the people were straight through school, and then they just started the Masters. But... I was able to kind of understand things at a different level just because I had been in the real world of real estate and then pair that with the hardcore knowledge and and teaching. Um, So I I just feel like that was a pretty good position for me to be in. Uh, We had people come every Friday, uh, big time people like CEO of of Heinz or uh, uh, development companies, JLL, guys that were way up and they would come and, and talk to our class for an hour and a half. Incredible. And then we could go to lunch with them. And it was amazing, man. You just built this really big network, and it's Texas-based. Um, so I was, I was lucky to do that. And then uh, when I graduated, I uh, started a property management company. So I was actually managing two fourplexes in College Station while I was going to school. For, for clients? Yeah, for a firefighter okay. uh, from Houston. And I was totally winging it. I had an Excel spreadsheet. I had, like, the rents. Then I had the expenses, management fee, his payout, my payout. And I was just – I was doing it the right way but not like the systems that we have in place now of at, course. at Tree. Um, and so what happened was I was doing that. I was working at a leasing company there in College Station while going to school, and I ended up talking to the, the owner of that company, and we partnered to bring a branch of his management company to Austin. And so they were called United Realty, and then we opened up United Realty of Austin, right? And then my wife started running that company. So she was able to go. They managed 2,000 doors. She was able to sit with them, learn their infrastructure, learn all the systems, and bring it here to Austin. Meanwhile, I started working at a commercial retail brokerage here in town called Edge. Sure. Um, If you're in Austin, you know Edge. Yeah, Edge is a really good company. Uh, I I worked for all kinds of national retailers, Buffalo Wild Wings, Dick's Sporting Goods, Gold's Gym. 
And uh, it was a great experience. I was around really good people. Uh, I don't really love the retail business. Uh, it was super corporate. I had a lot of deals that I had lined up. I worked for Advance Auto, and I probably had 15 deals lined up. It took me two years, and they pulled the plug on all of them, which was $200,000 in commissions. That's uh, heavy. Revenue's down. We're done. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that is frustrating, really frustrating. Uh, so that those are some of the reasons why I don't like that. Um, and so I ended up leaving about eight months ago to team up with my wife. And then we bought that other company out from College Station. So now we own United? It. Yep. So they had 25% of our business. And then we bought them out. So now we own 100%. And now I'm teamed up with Lexi. Cool. Yeah. And you've, you've already said it, but just remind everybody who Lexi is. Lexi's my wife. Okay. And uh, she handles all the operations on the management side. She's, she's really good at it. She's similar to me. Uh, when I was at Corpus at that brokerage, she was the office assistant. So she's been doing real estate as long as I have. That's wild. So, but, so you, I guess you would probably be, I mean, maybe there's not a number one and a number two in the relationship, but you're, you're maybe more on the, you get to wing it a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So the, you've heard maybe hunters and farmers. Sure. Uh, the I'm the hunter. She's the farmer. Yep. And not not that one's better than the other. Like the hunter doesn't operate without a farmer. Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah I mean, I've I've seen uh, number ones and number twos. I've kind of ha- I've had the luxury, the blessing, whatever you want to call it, to be a little bit of both at different times of my career. Yeah. But as a number one, personally, I could I could be a little bit more fluid and and creative right as a number two you can't right that is that the buck stops at the number two everything has to go correctly through the number two so we could call it a hunter or a farmer or one or two right. uh, i want to correct you there romney anytime it's a husband and wife team you know that yeah. the wife is number one yeah. right guys I mean, <laughs> as a number seriously. two <laughs> <laughs> no yeah you're absolutely right my um I don't. I don't work with my wife. I could only imagine what that looks like. Right. But you guys seem to have been doing it for a while. So yeah, it's, people ask that, and I tell them like, I don't really. That's all we've ever known. Sure. Like we started working together, so that's just is what it is for us. That's life. Yeah, it that's is life. life. Yeah. And you you told me when when we were at your office, he's like, she keeps this whole thing running. She does. Yeah. She does. She's very good at it. Um, and I struggle with it because you know you hear about hunters and farmers, and you know people have different stages of life. But I don't want to be a, like a one man just hunter, and I can't do the organization stuff. So I kind of, you know, right now I'm at a point where I want to get back to being organized as well, and and not just being really good at this. But I understand that that can take away from being a better hunter. You know, so sure. Those are ch- those are conversations I have in my head. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this a little bit too. I mean, business development is one of those things that can potentially come natural to people, but scale is not just business development. Right. Good right? point. Good point. So it's like, it's easy to go and sell a lot. Not easy. It comes easier to other, to certain people. Right. Okay. Certain farmers may not be able to sell. Right. Yeah. You got to have the fortitude for sales because it's tough. Yeah. AKA the stones. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> you know, something like that. I mean, it's, it's, we talked about courage a minute ago. It takes a little bit of courage right. to kind of go out there blindly sometimes and then bring it in. Right. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't translate to scale necessarily. It's sy- systems is scale, hundred percent. And I think that's where the true geniuses live. And maybe that's because that's one of my weak points. I, I live a little bit more on the sales side personally. Right. And since you're in the in you're hunting right now, maybe you're living some of that now. So you're thinking like, how important is this? Right. So 
God bless you, Lexi. (laughs) (laughs) Amen to that. Yep. So, all right, man. So Tree Homes, now it's up running. You guys manage a bunch of units and you guys are actively pursuing your own units. Yep. So give us a little download on what's up there. Yeah. So we uh, got about 400 doors that we manage, uh, single family, multifamily, and HOAs. We have six people on our team and we're we're trying to be different. We've... uh, when I was, the, the joke is that nobody uh, picks property management. They kind of just get into it. And so I got into it because I looked at my mom's portfolio. She had properties here in Austin. And like I said, single mom. And, and she was able to end up having 14, 15 houses. And I was like, man, that's amazing how she did that. She just bought one or two every year for 10 years. And um, now she's at a good point where she can retire. So I, yes. I saw that as the power of real estate. Like, wow, that's that's really amazing. And she worked at a construction job around all men, and she was a beast. Um, but so we got into management, and uh, we looked at her properties, and we said, hey, she's had properties here for 10, 15 years. They're on month-to-month leases. The rents haven't gone up. It was kind of this situation with the management company. Uh, the rent's not going to go up, but don't ever call us for maintenance. And I just didn't like how that was running. So we had to come in and take over those properties, increase the rents, get them on new leases. And at that point, we were like, well, let's let's grow this and do this for other people. Um, So we're pretty big into the social media, um, like you said, the podcast and all the Facebook Live and Snapchat Mm -hmm. and all that. But we try to take this approach um, where we want people that um, see the bigger picture as property owners. We don't want to work with people that – want to try and nickel and dime on expenses. Uh, we're like, hey, there's an issue. Let's go fix it. Let's do it now and do it right. And we believe by doing so, we keep the tenants happy and keep them in your property. Probably save yourself money in the long run too, right? That, that's exactly. Just by doing it right. Yeah, you save on leasing and make ready costs, and that's a couple yeah. thousand dollars. Um, so we try to bring on owners that understand that. We're like, hey, if you don't want to do business like this, we're probably not the right firm for you. But otherwise, we have a $1,000 spending limit. If it's under $1,000, we as a company have the authority to handle it. And whether it's a a tenant expense or an owner expense, that will be decided when we go see the issue. Um, But we don't mess around with, you know, not being able to get a hold of the owner for a week because they're out of town and then the tenant's mad because it just doesn't work yeah, out. Yeah, you, you gotta be you gotta be incredibly nimble and quick and and you gotta have a lot of permissions at that point. Right. So, so we try to be different like that. Um, and then we get to manage the properties that we buy, which what I understand is here's how I look at it. People always say, is it worth having a property manager or not? I don't think that's the right question. I think it's how do you find the right property manager? Because there's a lot of people that will just manage, but are they doing it in a, a really good way? Mm-hmm. It, that's what you have to find out. And there's a lot of good companies here, um, and they're super helpful. Like, they've helped me like crazy. I'll go meet with these guys, and they'll tell me everything they do and give me advice, and they've been doing it for 10, 15 years. So that's, that's something that maybe I would like to touch on for listeners to add value is one of the biggest things for me personally has been networking. Like, I'm not scared. And, and it's not... And it's networking with very specific people. Like we're in property management company. I try to meet with every property management owner in this area. Property management company owner. Yeah. So you're. I meet with, try to meet with the owners and say, hey, here's who I am. What advice can you give me? Uh, and, and probably 99% of the time, they're very will- if they're willing to come out and grab a cup of coffee or lunch, they're going to help you. Absolutely. Um, so I've, I've always done that through my career. I've been super persistent. I've, I've met with, you know, Cord Shiflet, guys like that who wouldn't take my call or email. And I sent them 50, 60 messages. And they would kind of lead me on like every five or so, say something. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I realized I wasn't bothering them. Um, and eventually they'd meet with me and then it led to referrals. And it's just amazing if, you, if you're consistent with it, 
where it can lead to. That's that's wild, man. That's wild. I'm I'm happy to see where where you've taken this thing and where where it's going. I I get where Aiden was coming from. He he felt like you had some type of a uh, Jedi power brewing as, <laughs> as we speak. I don't know what it was, but he was he he told me with such a straight face. He's like, this guy's gonna get every deal in town. Um, when he's your age, Romney, it's like everything's just gonna fall on him. Wow. So that's a. Uh, Talk about where you're buying, what you're buying. Like, yeah. What's your, your buy box look like? Uh, so for the last three years, I've been uh, straight single family yep. and just buying houses whenever I could, uh, good deals. Uh, but I've kind of hit this point where now I'm trying to find, get into the multifamily game. I have a couple partners that were tracking down properties. We were cold calling on Friday. We've got about 40 properties. And we've got a really good system on uh, actually tracking down the owner. A lot of times it's very complicated with entities in place, mm-hmm. uh, but we have you know different uh, uh, web access sites and different ways to find out the real owners. And so we're tracking these guys down, and they're like, how the heck did you get my phone number? They're kind of impressed. Um, and <laughs> yeah, kudos. I'm going to stay on this call just because you found me. <laughs> yeah. So you know, uh, last Monday I called the apartment complex, and they said, yeah, we're actually from Toronto. Uh, we're in town this week. And they said, we're looking for a partner slash property manager. And I, my eyes just lit up. Like, you know, I've been in the business long enough. Cold calling very rarely actually works. And that hit like that. And I'm like, you're talking about me right now. Yeah, right. You put them on speaker. Everybody listen. To yeah. I'm from Round Rock. I'm a property manager. That's I'm awesome. The, you know, so I met them out there Friday to look at their property. And it's 24 units in Round Rock over off San Bass. And we're trying to f- figure out a way to make a deal work. I, That's sweet, man. And I told them, like, hey, uh, even if I can just buy 1% or 2% of this and manage it, I, I want to do that. Um, and I'm a big believer in just, you know, a lot of people are against partnerships, but I'm, I'm 100% okay with them if you get the right people. Uh, and I have been burned by them. But, like, I'm essentially getting in a partnership with these people and having a small piece of equity. That's something that excites me. Um, and I've, I've seen a lot of these guys, like, uh, I don't know if you heard of Jimmy Nassour, but he owns real estate everywhere, and he's got, like, little pieces of all of it. And those are kind of things that I look up to and, and would love to do myself. That's, that's pretty, pretty cool to, to hear you trying to take down um, not only multifamily where you're at in your career, but also how you're trying to do it. So uh, I'll say this. I've, I've seen it a lot of times in the past, and I even told you about one of, one of the, I guess, a counterpart would probably be the best word that, that I used to deal with some 10 years ago that was kind of in your shoes and now it's got you know 4,000 units across mm-hmm. the state. Um, it was not too long ago where, you know, partnership was almost like a penalty. Right. You know, and now you're doing it with like open arms. Right. So cheers, bro. That's that's so cool. I, I love to just see things evolve and, and just get better because, as I said, just 10, 15 years ago, if somebody – in your shoes, probably would have thought a partnership was like, damn, I, I couldn't get it done on my own. Right. And now it's like uh, the total opposite. Of yeah. That. Find a way I to get creative. More. Yeah. I could do more. So good. Good on you. Um, let's start winding this sucker down. Since yeah, we, we, we try to keep them a little bit you know, closer to 30 minutes. So I'm pretty sure everybody listening is actually pretty cool with us going a little over 30. <laughs> you've, been, you've been great. So let's maybe talk to, to the people listening about, you know, maybe how they could find you. Yeah. Um, how they could do some deals with you. Yeah. And a uh, little bit more about Young Wild Financially Free. I keep throwing the and in there. Young Wild and Financially Free. It's just Young Wild Financially Free. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm super. I feel like I'm super easy to get a hold of. Yep. Uh, and 
maybe this will uh, be a negative in the future, but I, I give out my cell phone number all the time. I'm, I'm pretty active on uh, all the Facebook pages and uh, Bigger Pockets, our website, treehomes, trehomes.com. Um, I don't think I'm hard to get a hold of at all. And, and I've thought about this, and, and maybe things will change, but I'm thinking, you know, half these properties that we're chasing down, the owners want to be shielded. And I'm thinking, I'd love, I want people to call me. If, they, if, someone, if someone wants to buy my apartment complex, I want to talk to them, right? But I don't know, man. I, I mean, they're, I guess, at a different stage of life. But maybe I think I'm going to always be that way. Yeah. Um, and then the podcast, uh, I, I think what's pretty cool about it is uh, Andrew, my co-host, and I are completely different. We've known each other since second grade. Uh, but he's the guy that's always wanting to get super deep, uh, you know, hear about your kids and your your uh, story growing up and why you're doing the things the way you did and how you were raised. And then I'm over here like, hey, let's talk about the business points. So there's this kind of balance there that I think works pretty well. Um, and so it's, it's been a lot of fun. We've had some really cool people and uh, been able to build some relationships, which that's another thing is I'm, I'm building relationships with people all over the city uh, and you hear about it all the time, but just trying to find ways to add value. I, I'm like crazy, just have this network because I, I literally spent uh, two or three years having three, four coffees a day because I saw how valuable it was. And my phone's just filled with people that I can connect other people with. And somehow it kind of works out for me. Uh, I, I don't know, but I, I like helping people. So sure. it, it's since I'm in the business and someone's looking for a roofer or a maintenance guy or a lender, whatever have all these people that I can send them, which is pretty fun. I got to tell you, man, this, a lot of what you're telling me is really just even inspirational to me to, to hear on, on my end. I mean, I'm setting my ways in a lot of ways, you know, and, and maybe you are too. Maybe these are your ways that are going to be there forever, but it's, it really is fascinating to hear how you're attacking things. Just the podcast as a way to network. Right. Fantastic. I love Why didn't it. we think of that? Because we're idiots. Well, we're idiots. Hey, speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun, man. I I just feel really blessed that I picked something early in my life that I really liked, and I've never really questioned it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't don't think, what else could I be doing? I just kind of, this is what I like. And stuff like this, you know, we're working, but I'm having a lot of fun. And I'm having a lunch after this with a guy I called on Friday. uh, And he owns 20 duplexes. Cold call? Cold call. So here's some value. I, I didn't actually want to share this with too many people, but I will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so thank God nobody's listening. Right? I, got it, I got it from big, a yeah. buddy of mine who listened to Bigger Pockets. Um, they're going to, we're, we're going to uh, the precinct uh, and getting the uh, eviction filings. And if someone's filing an eviction, there's a good chance that they might want to sell or that they need a property manager. So we're Gold. calling these people, cold calling them. And saying, hey, any interest in selling? No. Well, uh, do you like filing these evictions? Is it worth your time? No. Well, let me talk about how we can help you. Uh, and, that, and that was the first time. We, I, this is the first time I heard about doing this. It was last week. Been doing this for nine years. Never thought about that. We had eight phone numbers, and five of them answered. They have their actual phone numbers because they file it. And I'm sure some of those people are going to be sellers. Absolutely. Um, so someone's listening, that's a big tip. I mean, that's my competition because literally we went to the precinct and the people there were like, nobody's ever asked for these. They didn't even know where to find them. That's so uh, crazy. So we just went and got them and their phone numbers and we just started calling them. Yeah, yeah. I think we need to we need to kind of cut the tape there and tell people to fast forward to that moment because that is a piece of gold. That's a pro tip for all seven of our listeners out there. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, that is that is great, man. I, I, um, 
I don't think many people were thinking that in general. I mean, you got to be listening to bigger pockets, I guess, or, or this. Right. So yeah. thanks for sharing that, man, Matt. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, we're winding it down. I'm, I'm inspired just by what you're up to, man, how you're going about it. I, I think, you know, I've already, I already think the world of you, but I also think Appreciate the world that. of how you're going about it. Um, we're also working on some multifamily stuff too, as a company. I don't know exactly where our cross, where our paths will cross again, right? But hopefully, it's at a transaction table. Uh, and if not, it's you know doing more of this because this is fantastic for me. If you ever need a lender's perspective on your show, I've got you. I mean, I've done thousands of these deals, private loans, uh, and and I've got plenty of war stories in there too. Yeah, I can guaranteed. imagine. I can imagine. Guaranteed. I and got a couple you need on the board. A podcast producer. I'm. You know, <laughs> I, I freelance. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, man, you, um, you, you've got a real special energy about you, bro. And, and I appreciate you. Cool. I, I really do. I don't know exactly, like I said, where we're going to cross up again, but I, I look forward to it. Um, next time we do this, hopefully we're celebrating something, but if not, I think we'll just celebrate the, you know, the second visit because yeah. you were a great guest. So I appreciate you. We're, we're kind of out of time, but if you want to say any last things, it's all you. Uh, no, I just, you know, to you, I mean, it's, uh, I, you know, I work super hard and, uh, it's really encouraging to hear things like that. Uh, yeah. there's been people that have told me stuff along the way, like, Hey, I can tell you're going to be successful. And while I wasn't, but working hard. And so it's just encouraging to hear stuff like that. So I really appreciate it. Well, you're, you're doing a great job, man. Can't wait to do it again. Everybody who's listening. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Romney. I'm Sean. Yep. And then this is Matt.